Welcome to another episode of the Get Back Coach presented by Apollo Media. We have a very special guest today filling in for Jay Arnold. Jay is traveling across the country. Uh, he's, I think he's heading back from Richmond, Virginia right now. But filling in for him today, we have our very good friend, reoccurring guest, Joe Pop. Uh, Joe, thank you for filling in. Uh, always great to talk to you. Uh, also, make sure you follow Joe Pop on X now not x. twitter it's x now uh thank you uh biggie um great futures uh follow his sub stack we'll get to all of that later towards the end of the episode but joe how are we doing man good i mean it's nice to know jay's jay's going cross country i just got back from being cross country in oregon i'm this is my this is my flu game right now uh coming off of a red eye operating through i can't wait till bedtime tonight but uh I'm super excited, super excited to be on. I love coming on here and just chatting it up with you. And we're so close to the season that I, I legitimately, we could just fire this up and record eight straight hours of just chatting it up. That's yeah, how it's, fun. it's funny you say that because like, I think the first time you and I ever did one, like did one of these together, I think it was like a two and a half hour long and we had to cut and we had to cut it short. <laughs> yeah, we talked about doing 45 minutes and we looked up, we're like, oh man, we've really been going. Oh, it's two and a half. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we are what 24 days 26 days until college football season about four more saturdays can't wait for me to be here now the first order of business the big headline that came right after our uh episode last week dropped jim harbaugh suspended four games next season for level one recruiting offense uh, he will be suspended for East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers, not exactly a murderer's row. All those games are at home. Um, Joe, you have very strong feelings about this, so I'm going to let you go first. The Jim Harbaugh suspension, uh, what do you think about it? It was just. It wasn't harsh enough. Those people over in Ann Arbor are liars, cheaters, scumbags. Jim Trestle got fired for this and Jim Harbaugh is literally getting a four week vacation through the easiest part of their schedule. I mean, they're going to go four and and their margin of victory is going to be like 25 points per game in those four games. So really nothing's happening here, but I mean, this is just Harbaugh through and through. He's a liar. He's a scumbag. He's turned his back on Michigan twice already, asking for new contracts, faking that he's going to go to the NFL when we all know he's not. He gets one good year. He fakes he's going to go to the NFL to get a bigger contract. He does it again the year after. He is a loser. Never won a near six bowl game. Mel Tucker has more near six bowl wins than he does. This is just this is just Michigan man behavior. This is this is the Michigan man. This is Michigan man. This behavior. is the Michigan man. <laughs> um. So. I have a different approach <laughs> uh, coming from, uh, you know, trying to put my bias aside because I do think Jim Harbaugh is kind of a dweeb. Um, and he, here's what I'll say. And I think this is where you and I will find some common ground. Um, yes, Jim Trestle was fired for this, but also I think 10 years ago, or no, how long was it? Oh man, was it ten years ago? Fifteen, right? Fifteen years ago? I don't know. I forgot when he even got fired. But anyway, between like ten to fifteen years ago, in between there, um, Trestle's fired for lying about because he knew his players had tattoo were getting free tattoos. um, You know, for in exchange for 
merchant Ohio State merchandise that they received. Different time. Um, the the thing is, we know what the South does, okay? And it always seems like SEC country gets away scot free a lot of the time. And listen, Harbaugh lied. So Harbaugh lies about, and this is a big misconception. People are like, oh, he got suspended for giving the recruits cheeseburgers. No, he did not get suspended for that. He got suspended for lying about it. Yeah. Um, and I, I see, you know, I see it on, you know, Twitter slash X, whatever the hell we're going to call it now. Um, that oh, we got suspended for the cheeseburgers. No, we didn't. Um, but like I said, this is where I find the common ground. He smelled this. It, it, it was BS from the start. And Harbaugh has been a big advocate for, hey, programs are actively cheating and nothing's being done about it. They start sniffing around because an assistant coach who was assistant coach who was fired basically hand the NCAA and said, here, here's some violations for you. Um, And Harbaugh was like, no, I don't recall. Played the hard game. And now he's suspended because if you lie about a recruiting violation or a potential recruiting violation. That's how you get a level one. That's why he's suspended. Which, I mean, and once again, do I have bias against Michigan? I do. Uh, I think that that's no secret. But isn't it way worse to be lying about it? I feel like if he would have just came out and just and didn't do this whole pussyfoot around the whole like, well, I'm not sure, blah, blah, blah. They probably don't even do anything outside of maybe a two-game suspension, if even. Not even. Probation. Yeah, yeah he gets like a little Pro slap probation. on the wrist and that's it. But lying about it makes it so much worse. And and listen, I, I, I'd I, say a lot of things tongue-in-cheek because it, it is – the incident itself, in my mind, is nothing, especially in the grand scheme of things that go on, not only just in the mm-hmm. South, but just in college football in general. It's, it's hilarious. It's Harbaugh. Yes, yes. That's the funny part. And he he has a face of a guy that is already hard to believe and trust. Mm -hmm. And then when you find out he's lying about some Big Macs, you're like, God, you're such a scumbag. Now, see, I I don't think he lied to be sneaky. I think he lied to play play hardball with the NCAA because he's like, I've been on like recruiting violations for years. Uh, of some of these other pro, especially uh, that that team up or no, sorry, I almost said that team of the, the Ohio State University. He's been very vocal about, um, and I think NCA starts sniffing around. He's like, really, us? Like you're sniffing around us? And this is also around the time that the Tennessee Tennessee uh, McDonald's Gate was going on. So you're like, wait, you're sniffing around our program. Like we've been doing things the right way, you know, blah, blah, blah. And again, the two recruits, I, I think we're already committed to Michigan. So it wasn't like a huge deal, but they were also on there during a dead period. And this is what's annoying for me as a Penn state guy is, is because the, the COVID year was rough for Penn state. Okay. They weren't recruiting very well. And as you know, because of uh, things happening prior, Penn State has to be, they have to really watch themselves. So, you know, no one's on campus. No one's, you know, they're not doing well recruiting during this time. And 
Michigan had people on campus. Nebraska had people on campus. Apparently, Notre Dame had people on campus. And it's a little annoying that, wait, wait, you're having guys on campus. Uh, yeah, I don't have a problem with you taking them for a cheeseburger. But, like, it's a dead period. You know? So, that's a little annoying. However, I also see the side that, um, you know, there's so much stuff. There's so much worse going on. Um, Harbaugh tried to play hardball. He gets burned with this four-game suspension. If he would have said, yeah, I bought the kids cheeseburgers. Yeah, we had two players here during a dead period. It's probably Michigan's on probation for a year. Yeah, it's 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 nothing. It, it, it becomes yeah. it's not even a story. Even at that point, maybe it gets a couple Twitter jokes just because of mm-hmm. how ridiculous it it even plays out in a headline. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a nothing story, and mm-hmm. that's why it's just I don't know it. It's just it seemed weird to even lie about it from the from the jump. And I get like you want to play hardball a little bit, but even you you saying like oh you know it bites him with the four game suspension. It, these first four weeks for them are are nothing. And Rutgers is their tough that tough. Rutgers, Rutgers is probably the toughest game. Rutgers is tough. If if it wasn't if it was on the road, I'd say there's even a glimpse of an mm-hmm. opportunity. But it's at home, and Michigan's going to beat the breaks off of all all four of those teams. Yeah. ECU. If it was ECU last year, maybe they can be a little frisky. But I, you know, ECU is kind of rebuilding again. It's in Michigan. This is going to be nothing. Do you know it's actually pretty similar to like the, again, not a suspension thing, but like Air Force did something similar too. Air Force had guys on campus during a dead period. And they, again, they're on probation, um, which is not hilarious. It's crazy to even say like Air Force is on probation. I I was just going to say, I feel like the Naval Academies or the Academies, they should just be giving a pass to do mm-hmm. whatever, they whatever want. you want. Yeah. You have uh, unlimited free get out of jail, free tokens yeah. for recruiting violations because just getting top notch players to go to the academies has to be so difficult. Especially for- now that they can't get drafted. Yes. Yeah. Especially so like, now like that army like- guy, I forget his name, but I think he went in the s- fifth or sixth round. And that was like a big thing because I forget. I think Trump said that they can be, but then something happened when Biden took over, like, oh, about the military. Be- I don't know if it has to do with us gearing up with a proxy war with Russia. But anyway, something happened there. And basically they the the general said, no, he can't get drafted. And we're like, what the hell? Like, let the guy play in the NFL for a year or two, yeah. make some money and then send him over, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, it's not. So they should be allowed to do whatever they want. Oh, yeah. Every, and they're – no, there's no such thing as a dead period. Like if you're going to serve the country, you get whatever you get, whatever you want for football. Yes. There yeah. we go. Yeah, there we they, go. That should be a rule change that should be implemented immediately. Absolutely. So, all right. So we go from Jim Harbaugh. Uh, the big 10 had, a, had a, a scholar or uh, a wonderful week. Um, then PJ Fleck, this story comes up again. This is a story from last year about PJ Fleck and Minnesota's culture quote unquote problem. And they mentioned a whole bunch of things about uh, PJ Fleck has a Fleck bank, meaning if players do, you know, community service, if they do, you know, I guess get good grades or whatever, they get Fleck coins, which can then be exchanged um, 
for a negative drug test for street drug drugs or something along those lines. Um, also, PJ Fleck has crazy acronyms that you have to say, I'm not good. No, I'm elite. Every time when asking. And it's, again, it's it's comical. Um, oh, that, that PJ Fleck and the coaches were obsessed with people's weight. Yeah. And it sounds like it's Division One football. Um, well, now, it sound, for, the, for the most part. Yeah, no, it it does. And what I'll say real quick to jump in about the weight thing that I thought was funny is that what was it? A month, maybe a month and a half ago, when the Heat were in the finals and they were talking yeah. about Heat culture, yeah, and how amazing it is because they weigh every player gets weighed in the beginning of practice, the end of practice, and like they all have their target number. And then when Jimmy uh, Butler was going for his like recruiting trip to Miami, they they weighed him and everything as well, and on a national level, it's this is the most amazing culture in the world. Who wouldn't want to play here? Damian Lillard wants to play here. But then you translate it over to college football, and it's like, look at this demon run pro. Like, it just makes no sense. I don't think it had that many legs to it. Do you know who the people are the worst about this? It's it's the Minnesota journalists. Well, Minnesota, the Minnesota journalists hate P.J. Fleck in Minnesota football. Now, why is that? Why would they – I feel like if anything, what he's done for that program in the last, like, you know, five years especially, like, he's he's made them notable. So, because he is – so, this is what I believe. He is a – he is the caricature of a college football coach with all the sayings, and it's kind of corny, and all these different things, and – Again, Minnesota, that is Minneapolis. That's a professional sports town. Yeah. So they are turned off by that. They don't want to hear these crazy phrases from their coach. They don't want no. They they just want they want an old uh begrudgeon? 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 That works. They want an old they want like an old time. They want Bill Belichick to walk in and be good. But the hypocrisy in all of this and I know you'll get a kick out of this since you're a, a Philly guy is they rip on PJ Fleck for not winning anything, but they're going to tell us how great the Vikings are. Yeah. Which like, is, it is yeah, it is. It's out of, it's, it's crazy, but the whole PJ Fleck thing, the worst part about it, again, the worst, which isn't that bad is the, the Fleck bank that he was letting players, again, allegedly letting players slide on drug tests for like probably pot. um, If they did enough like community service and stuff like that. Okay. Like letting a positive drug drug test uh, slide. However, during big 10 media day, of course he's going to sound great during big 10 media day, but he says the fleck bank was a term used um, basically saying you, what you put into this program, you're going to get out of it. He said there was nothing exchanged. There are no coins. It was just a term that they would use. And speaking of terms, he would have all these different acronyms that like those two players said, Oh, we had to remember all these crazy acronyms. Yo, that's, I know it's going to sound crazy, but like I would say 70% of college football coaches have crazy acronyms and yeah. crazy things and crazy slogans. But PJ Fleck is that turned to 11. So it's, it's not a, 
it's it's a non-story from two players that are disgruntled. And I do think there's a lot there's a lot of bad things that happen in college athletics. Okay. There's a lot of bad things that happen in college athletics, but this ain't it, you know? No. And, and I agree with you. And I, I think, I don't know, even know how much of a, a story this would have been without the Northwestern story first coming out, because I think it's kind of set the stage for not opening the gates for it, but it just, this feels very much like similar to it's, you know, X players saying whatever, or they're, you know, heard from, you know, this reporter, but which also front office sports, I didn't realize that they were like big enough to break stories like this. So when I saw that, I was like, that feels like, I mean, that feels like branded sports just yeah. sent out a rumor mill out there or talked to exactly. some say. So I don't know. I, I don't want to besmirch another, you know, quote unquote yeah. media, whatever. But it just it it just felt like a, a fake story just from the jump. It just didn't feel like anything like that that really needed to be noted. And the other thing, the story's kind of a year old. Like this came out last year around Big Ten Media Day, and I feel like they just revisited it um, after the Northwestern thing, and again right before Big Ten Media Day. Um, so again, it's the same story from a year ago. It's a non-story. People are like, oh, is Fleck going to get suspended? No. I, I, the other thing, though, is the majority of college football fans were like, this, is, this, isn't, this isn't a story. Yeah. Like, and the, I think the last thing of it, the, the player said, oh, you know, I was in a, I was in a bad you know, place, and I was basically forced to say I'm elite instead of I'm good. And if I said I was just good, then – the coat like PJ Fleck would get very upset. Well, dude, like, did you tell him like, you're not doing like, and I understand it's very tough to like come to your coach and say, Hey, I'm not in a good spot mentally, but no one can help you. If you don't say something about it, no one can help you. So if you're going around to like, yeah, I'm good. Fleck doesn't know you're not doing good. He just thinks you don't want to say the the freaking thing. Yeah. He, he doesn't think you're bought in. Like, I just feel, oh, he, he wants us to be, he, he said, give up our individuality uh, to sat, like, it's basically, Fleck was trying to say, hey, buy into the team, like, forget your individual, like, buy into the team. And these players didn't get it because they made the comment like, oh, you know, if we forget who we are, then who are we? Like, dude, yeah. he's trying to say, buy into a team. It, it's. It's me instead of we, but like longer words. Like, yeah. It's, it's well, like it's they, also, they didn't get it. It, it's a, it seems like it's getting to be like a slippery slope because it's not only that, but the, I, you know, I, I think hazing, there's, hazing is kind of dumb. And, you know, I think if he had played any level of sports, there was some type of hazing, not to the level that's obviously was being mm. brought out in the, the accusations against like the car carry the bags. Yes. And carry the bags, carry the, the older players, like, you know, pads and stuff like that. But it just feels like we're getting to a point where like, it's like, Oh my gosh, can you believe coach made us run? Like, yeah, I can because it's sports. Which, and you know, like yeah. we're going to get to a point where like the NCAA is going to come down and be like, no punishment running. And like, you're going to have to like, well, the big 10 has that now. 
well, I and I know that they had that, but I but I think it's gonna get to like we're gonna get to a point where it's like it's gonna be and you know it's gonna be like teachers having to submit um like what are they called like your your plans Trans, like, for like your- tr- not just pl- some places uh have to you have to do a transcript yes this is every yes. this is everything that I'm going to say today that is that yeah. is what's coming to college football is gonna say here's all of our practice plans. Is this okay? NCAA. And then they'll have somebody review it and say, yeah, or no, this is too much running for players. It's yeah. They watch. They did away with the, the extra, like the running for punishment. Um, But like, I was just listening to um, Adam Brenneman's and he had Hackenberg on and he talked about how after Penn state beat Michigan in that like overtime thriller, when Penn State was kind of down, um, Hackenberg missed a meeting on Sunday, and he had to like go through. I think wake ups they called them, and he had to get up at like five o'clock in the morning with the strength coach, and you had to like do crazy, <laughs> crazy amount of things, you know, as your punishment. But I mean, yeah, like, hey, if you're acting up, and I think nowadays it's like, hey, if you're acting up, then you're suspended. You're, they're just going to suspend you for things before it was like, okay, you have to wake up at five o'clock and do all this crazy stuff for you to play. So anyway, the PJ Fleck thing, it's, it's a a non-story. Give me something better and give me like maybe some proof also. Like, I don't know. I just feel like it's a bunch of sour grapes. Yeah, no, I agree. I'll say it was a bigger story is this. Pat McAfee tweet for whatever <laughs> reason, you know, obviously I have about it being a Michigan state fan. I don't get it. I, I don't understand. I, I don't one. I don't even understand like what joke you're trying to imply there. Just that like he was a bad guy and the uniforms are bad. It just to me made absolutely no sense. And I'm, you know, I'm not like a, a cancel culture guy or like, you know, it wasn't funny. Torture. It just wasn't funny. That's the problem. It wasn't funny. Yeah, it just wasn't funny. And then he doubles down by like like retweeting it again, like later. I don't know. It it made no sense to me. No, like he's been he he rips Michigan State and Penn State a lot for the obvious reasons. Um, and you know, like I'm immune to it at this point. Like every time, like I can't go through like Penn State threads without seeing the man who shall not be named and like it's it's not funny but it's crazy to me that i have people going nuts about like what mcafee said which is a bad joke and yes it's offensive and yeah we shouldn't talk like it's just bad okay i don't want to like you shouldn't be canceled just like hey like that's a stupid thing for you to tweet but like the same people that are like oh you shouldn't joke about that like I see them on Penn State threads, like making jokes. Like, yeah, yeah, dude, I'm sure. yeah. Like, what? What are you doing? It's, I don't know. It's, I'm immune to it. Like, I, I'm like, I see it all the time, and it's bad. But yeah, I don't know. I'll, I, I'll, I'll never make. I will never, ever, ever, ever make a joke about, uh, like Michigan State, Michigan too, um about their mishaps and uh, uh, tragedies and everything like that, because it's, it's just not, 
been there. It's it's not good. It just it to me the whole thing goes back to like anything can be funny, but if you're just gonna like all he was is he's like I'm just gonna say this name and and that's the joke and it's like that doesn't like mm, no part of that is like like creative or anything interesting. You know what I mean? Like oh, whatever. Yeah, and you would think you would think you would know that. I'm like, he had a decent stand up too. Like, you would think he would know. Like, yeah. Hey, is this? No, it's not the. If the joke, the joke's the guy's name. That's the joke, and that's it. Just didn't make any sense. Whatever. I was offended because it wasn't funny. And I like McAfee. Yeah, but that was just one where I was like, dude, what are you even attempting to do here? Yeah, it was. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't like it. Um. I feel like every time I have you on, we have to talk about conference realignment because conference realignment is just seems to happen. It's it's been so crazy the last couple of years. Um, so Colorado's coming back home, going back to the Big Twelve uh, next year in twenty twenty four. Good or bad thoughts? I think for Colorado, it's actually bad Ooh. because if there was a place where a guy who could succeed like Dion, it, it, it's the Pac-12. And and the reason being for that is that he's always going to attract more offensive players than defensive players with, mm-hmm. one, how he coached Jackson State, and two, just his personality is going to attract, you know, big-time wide receivers and quarterbacks and different things like that, guys who, like, want to put up big numbers and and, and go pro. I, I just feel like the Pac-12 is like kind of built for that. So I, I to me, I think for him and his success, I, I think it's a bad thing. But then again, you know, what is the Big 12 going to look like in two years? Who knows, right? Like the Big 12 this year looks totally different. It's going to look completely different next year. And then in a year or two after that, like we're still not done with this whole thing. So, you know, when all the dust settles, it might be a good thing for Colorado. I just think right now it was kind of a perfect position of, you know, being a conference where you, you don't have to play defense. No, it's, I think I'll, I'll take your point and I'll just take it a step further skill guys. So like, I think he's going to recruit secondary players yeah. too on top of it. So like he's going to get skill positions. I think he's going to struggle with getting offensive linemen and defense and interior defensive linemen and linebackers. Yes. I think you could probably still get defensive, like the edge rushers, because I, they're now kind of skill guys too, in like a weird sense. Yeah. Um, but the meat of his teams, I think, are going to be probably a weakness. And like you said, where's that going to be beneficial? In the Big 12, where they really don't play defense. And, exactly. Um, you know, their offensive lines aren't that great. And, yeah, it would have fit better. Um, I think for a college football standpoint, it's better. Um, especially that the rumors of the Arizona schools in Utah joining the big 12 as well, which I think would be a home run higher. You get the four corner schools and then you have Utah and BYU playing each other again. You have Colorado playing a bunch of those uh, big 12 teams again. Um, You know, West Virginia and Cincinnati are there and they're kind of like Cincinnati feels weird in the big 12 to me. It just feels so West Virginia does too still. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, West Virginia is more rural anyway, so they kind of have a fit, kind of a little bit. But you ask any Big 12 person, they're like, yeah, we don't know why West Virginia is here. Um, (laughs) 
But it's totally different than Missouri because, like, Big 12 people, they like West Virginia being there. Like, they enjoy the fan base that, like, for the most part, like, it's like, hey, you know, welcome. It's it's kind of like Penn State and Nebraska – or not uh, – the Big Ten in Nebraska where it's like we're happy they're there, but – It's more like a brand play than anything. It's a brand play than anything. Um, but with West Virginia and Cincinnati only being, like, two and a half hours from each other, um, that'll be fun for, a, like, a like de facto rivalry right there. Um, yeah. but the Pac-12 is done. It's dead. Um, so now who from the Pac-12, who, who do you think is going, who's going where? Yeah. Well, I know we're going to talk a little bit about some of this, but obviously there's rumors coming out about Oregon, Washington, possibly joining the big 10, which t- to me feels a little crazy. Um, if they do end up doing that, but I, I think, it's going to be an arms race, essentially, um, as these start falling apart. The ACC will be another interesting one as teams like we're going to talk about with Florida yep. State, Clemson, possibly leaving. It's you know you're going to have the SEC and the Big Ten and and the Big Twelve just trying to like pick up as many of those pieces as possible. Mm-hmm. What I what I think we're trending to is I I know we always talk about mega conferences. What I feel like is going to end up happening with these is you're going to see. You're going to see a conference like the Big Ten pick up a bunch of these West schools, and then they're going to, you know, they're eventually going to split into like an East and a West division after the realignment. Mm -hmm. And then five to 10 years, the Big Ten West is going to be like, why are we traveling this far? Why don't we start our own conference? And next thing you know, we're going to have the Pac 12 back again, just Mm -hmm. rebranded as something different. So, yeah, no, I thought about that. Around in circles. Yeah. Or, basically have a West, like the West Virginia or the West division is just going to trim the fat. So your big 10 West division is going to be USC, UCLA, uh, you know, Washington, Oregon, and then maybe Stanford, you know, probably, um, maybe, maybe Stanford. Oh, those are five. Oh, that's half the pack 10, the old pack 10. That that's what we're going towards. You know, um, Depending on what happens with the ACC, uh, you don't know. I mean, again, we're going to talk about that in a second. But I think Washington and Oregon are definitely going to get picked up. Someone's going to take them. I think the Big Ten gets them. Um, Stanford is a bit of a wild card because I think the Big Ten might go after Stanford to get that prestige at Stanford. Also, uh, Stanford and Notre Dame have like a little thing. So you just, it's almost like you're reading my mind. A part of me is thinking, would it almost make more sense for Stanford just to say, we're going to go independent because they just feel like they have the prestige to do so. And then that way they can just pick and choose who they play every single year. And because I could see them getting a type of like TV sweet, sweetheart deal that Notre Dame does if now, granted, they're going to have to come in and they're going to have to rebuild because they're going to be one of the worst teams in 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 the Power Five this year. It's not good. Yeah, it's going to be really bad. But I could see them saying, you know, we're going to do our own thing if they don't find a, a happy fit that they like. Mm-hmm. I would think the only fit would be the Big Ten if Notre Dame would go. And then they would fit there. But independent, it, it might work. They can, like, like you said, make their own schedule. They can still play. That would free them up. They can play Cal every year still. Yep. 
You know, they can play a, a couple of those West Coast teams. And then on top of that, be, hey, if they have a really good year, they're going to be treated just like Notre Dame. Exactly. That's what I mean. So I, I not not saying you're going to see a lot of it, but you might have some schools like Stanford that say, you know, we don't like what's on the table right now. Mm-hmm. As we're talking about now, you know, realignment's happening every year. Somebody's getting moved somewhere. Right. Well, you know, why do they have to to force their hand? And they can just say, okay, we'll we'll wait another year to see what's out there. No, exactly. It, it's it's for me. It, I feel really bad for uh, Oregon State, Washington State, and Cal, and and possibly Stanford too, because Oregon State and Washington State every couple of years has a, has a decent team more. So I think more so Wazoo in the recent history. Corvallis is really cool though. Like that's a really, again, they're outpost, they're outpost schools, but, and it's really cool when they're decent and that community comes together and rallies behind them. You know, when we had Gardner Mishu at, you know, um, at uh, Wazoo, I think, I think Oregon State is going to be good this year. I think they're going to be a decent team in the Pac-12. Listen, no, no teasers to the the five futures Ooh. at the end of this, but I'm telling you right now, Oregon State is going to make an appearance in that segment. Ooh, I like that. Love it. Love it. Beaver fever. We all have it. Um, I just feel bad for them because it's going to – the Pac-12 will implode or – the Pac-12 is just not going to be recognized as a power five anymore. And they're going to gobble up um, the mountain West. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Or they just go to the mountain or they, or the mountain West survives and they pick up Oregon state, Washington state and Cal. Well, Um, it's going to be one of those things that their biggest issue is kind of what their issue has been for a while. And kind of what the big 12's issue was before they, they started their conference game. Um, is that like if you just don't have enough firepower in your conference, you could even win the conference, go undefeated, and it's not going to give you one of those top four spots. Now, granted, mm-hmm. you know once we make the move next year, which I cannot wait for, for the expanded playoffs, you're still going to get a seat at the table, but you're still never going to get that respected top four seed that's right. going to kind of keep you. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to have to work a little bit harder. It, it's it's always been that way. You see, you know. You're going to have SEC's top two teams and the Big Ten's top two teams are going to be your one through four seeds every year for a while. At least yeah, in my- um, uh, No, yeah, unless – no, I can't even say Oklahoma or Texas, and I can't even no, say yeah, USC because yeah. they're all joining – they're all joining the the – I don't want to say the big dogs, but they're joining the bigger conferences. I mean, um, it, I mean it is the Big Ten and SEC's kind of domain right now. Because they are the two with, with the most prestige conferences. They're picking up the best pieces right now. They made the first moves. So like they're they're just in a, a great position just from a brand name standpoint and, yeah. and and just the talent that they're gonna be bringing in day one. Yeah, it's 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 crazy the world we're living in, but yeah, I, I kind of agree with though that eventually these conferences are gonna get big, like huge, and the divisions are just gonna be the trimmed fat of the older divisions. Um, I will say though, uh, Arizona and Arizona state and Utah, I think they fit in the big 12. I think so too. I think that's I think, a fit. Yep. It's the only, I was gonna say the only one I could see coming over to the big 10 would be Utah. I just feel like they would be kind of a fit for the big 10. If, if you're having like Washington come over as well. Right. But I, I, I think I'd rather see them in the big 12. 
I would rather see Utah in the Big 12 because we get to see Holy War every year for the Beehive Booth. Beehive Booth or Beehive Booth. Yeah, uh, I I think it would be better there. Um, and again, the Arizona connects right there. So it's 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 a pretty natural fit for those two schools. Although when I think of Arizona, I think more sunshine. I think more California. But, I mean, they're close enough to Texas to, to pick up for the Big 12. Um, so – the next order of business, uh, the rumors, we kind of alluded to it before. Big time rumors coming out that Florida State and Clemson to the Big Ten, or or at least flirting with the Big Ten. I don't know how I feel. For the Big Ten, it'd be good. But I feel like this doesn't, it doesn't fit at all. No, it doesn't fit at all. These are ACC schools, in my mind, yeah. that need to stay with kind of like that East Coast brand. I don't know. It just this is the this is the worst part about all the realignment is you lose some of this like conference like ideology that I love like I love I love Big Ten football mm-hmm. like I just do it's just it's it's ugly and it can be boring at times but it's it's just beautiful it's just my favorite and it's the same thing I love about like you know when you have the Pac Ten doing their thing late at night just scoring like crazy not playing any defense like I love that. I love that. I love There's that. The identities I, of the conference. Right. Yeah. And I hate when we mix it a little bit too much. And Clemson and Florida State just don't feel correct in the Big Ten. But once again, it's great for the conference. Florida State to me feels like an SEC team already. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If they go to the Big Ten over the SEC, I'd be shocked. That would mean to me that the SEC just didn't want them for whatever reason. But that just feels like a better fit. Clemson kind of along the same lines. I think if anything, if you maybe choose between one of the two, I think I would take Clemson in the Big Ten over SEC, but it just doesn't feel right. It just yeah, feels a little I, I don't long. Know. If I were to take four ACC schools, four ACC schools in the Big Ten, I would probably choose Florida State, Clemson, Miami, and then it, this is gonna this is gonna be sad to say because it's gonna screw up basketball but probably North Carolina. Yeah. And I know North Carolina has kind of been brought up a few times. It, it just stinks that you have with all this conference realignment because of football, uh, Duke, North Carolina basketball might be, I think they'll, they'll play each other every year still, but it's it, still have to figure that out. Instead of two years though, it's going to be, just once, once a year. Yeah. Um, which is a shame of, of all of it, but which Louisville and Louisville and Cincinnati get it done. Yeah. You know, Syracuse and Georgetown get it done. So, I mean, I guess it, it's still going to happen, but I don't know. I guess North Carolina. I mean, who else? I mean, and, and no, I mean, I don't Louisville feels like a big 10 school. I mean, like they're that, really close. They're they're like what an hour and a half from Indianapolis. Yeah, like that. Like they feel like they could be if they were in the Big Ten like before and they moved. And you you told me that 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 was true. I'd be like, I can see that. Louisville feels like Purdue. Yes, but like flashier, like, like a flashy, flashy Purdue. Purdue which <laughs> Jeff Brom's there now, so it's pretty much going to be. Yeah, it's uh, going to be. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know, I. I, I bring this up from time to time, but like I wrote that blog for you guys years ago for branded is with college conferences made sense. And I still look at that. And again, I know it's my thought. That, so that I, map, right? That you did? 
it wasn't the map. It, it I use I I didn't actually create that map. Um, <laughs> I had a boxes. I, I had it in a, like an Excel thing. Yeah, the yeah. boxes, and I again I'm biased because I created it, but I still feel like that was the best thing. Like a f- we talk about this every year. I feel like, but so some of our listeners are going to be like, oh, "Are we talking about this again?" But I don't care. Um, like have a Florida conference. You know how crazy that would be to have a Florida conference uh, or, or like a floor. Sorry. A Florida division, a Texas division, you know, it, it'd be great to have, uh, you can actually have, who is the king of the sun, sunshine state, Miami, Florida state, Florida, maybe it's UCF. Have them all play each other. Um, so I, uh, who is your Big Ten wish list? Oh. After this is all said and done, so we're looking at we have uh, we're going to have fifteen or sixteen teams next year. So you yeah. have four. You have four teams to go to twenty. Add. Okay, so if I'm going to take if I'm going to add four teams, I would I would take I would take Oregon for sure. Right. I would take Oregon State. Oh, okay. Washington does nothing for me. That I I don't care for them. I'm not interested in them. If if I need to, because because of already adding UCLA and adding USC, we need to have a couple more of those West Coast teams. Give me Oregon, Oregon State. I love the the battle between the two of them. Wow. And then and then on the other side. On the other side, I, I would love to have Miami just from a brand. About. It's been mentioned. And then I think I think I would it because of the arms race and because I, I love the Big Ten, I, I would say then Clemson. Give me Miami and Clemson. Give me Oregon, Oregon State. So oh, I didn't think you were gonna go that route. Um I do love keeping the Oregons together. I, I love I that. Must. It's a I, I, I know it was like a, a handcuff you have like, you know. You have the mm-hmm. Beavers basically getting in on the back of the Ducks, but right. kind of like how UCLA felt a little. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It has to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they do have that basketball pedigree, though. Um, but I was thinking about this today with Clemson. Clemson, right now, we are living in the greatest era of Clemson football ever. Yep. You know, the last 10 years for Clemson have been. Uh, or probably less than that. Eh, no, no, about 10 years. The last 10 years, the last decade for Clemson has been the greatest decade of Clemson football ever, ever. What's going to happen when Dabo leaves and Clemson goes back to being eight win, nine win football team, which is still very good. Like Clemson is a very good program, but I think in when Dabo's gone, would you rather have the brand of Florida State or Miami? Or would you rather make the big splash now with Clemson? So if to me it comes down to I love rivalries in college football, and you know, oh, yeah. it kind of goes back to that Duke, North Carolina, don't want to break those up. I'd rather almost see Florida State go to the SEC so that way they have that in-conference rivalry with Florida. Mm-hmm. And just give me Clemson who's who doesn't really have like that rival anymore. And they like, really they don't, don't have that, you know, cause I mean, I they, South Carolina, 
I, I would say, but I don't care about South Carolina. I, you know, I know they do more, but like when you talk about like national, like rivalry games, Clemson, South Carolina probably doesn't crack the top 15. No, it doesn't. No. So like for me, like I, I don't care as much. Florida, Florida State moves the needle way more than that. So I'd rather, you know, I'd rather keep them together if you can't have right. Florida. So I would say just give me Clemson from the name standpoint. But also to your point, what's going to end up happening is when these conferences get to, let's say, like 20 teams and the Big Ten is as loaded as it is, nine wins is going to be the new 11 wins because these these conferences are going to end up getting so good mm-hmm. and top heavy that you're not going to get these weeks off. It's going to be very much like, you know, the SEC where you look at a team in the SEC that's nine and three and you're like, you know, if they played in, you know, the Pac-12 or whatever. I still think, be, I think about that every day. They'd beat the brakes <laughs> off of every one of them. They'd be like 12 and 0. So like, mm-hmm. you know, nine wins in the Big Ten is going to is gonna be the new 11 wins. I mean, I see that completely. And to both of our uh, programs points, like, and, and I know Utah people are like, oh, Clark Phillips was out and Kincaid's out. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Parker Washington didn't play. Olufashinu was hurt. And Joey Porter Jr. opted out. Like, Penn State technically had more people out than Utah did. And, yes, um, Rising got hurt in the third quarter. But, like, Penn State was starting to kind of take control of that game. Again, Penn State, third best Big Ten team, beat your Pac-12 champion. Michigan State – uh, again, Kenny Pickett didn't play. I get it. Neither did Kenneth Walker. Neither, you know, but, and I know quarterback's more important, but like Michigan State handled Pitt, the ACC champ, and what, Michigan State, how good, or where did where did they finish in the Big Ten? Fourth, third. Fifth, third? Or, yeah. Technically third. So, again, you're the third best Big Ten team two years in a row just beat a conference champion of someone else. Not not the second best team. The third best team are beating the conference champion. Tennessee was the third best team in the B- uh, were they third third yeah. Tennessee was the third best team in the SEC last year and they dominated Clemson. Yeah, and they could have won. They could have won. That Tennessee team could have won almost every conference last year outside of the SEC. I think they could have won any one of the other conferences. They, I would have loved to see them play Ohio State or Michigan. I think that that would have been such a good matchup game. If 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 Tennessee last year plays plays either one of those games, it probably looks exactly like Alabama Tennessee last year. Yeah, probably fifty four fifty two or whatever the final score was in that game. Exactly. No, absolutely. It's but. Again, you are seeing the Big Ten and the SEC, their third-place teams are beating conference champs. And I don't – again, I don't want to sling too much mud because Pat Narduzzi does enough of that um, on a daily basis. But we don't have to talk about him today. Um, But this the ACC, Florida State being good now is really good for that conference. Because Florida State is starting – Florida State has a lot of – they have a lot of potential this year to make a run. I think I think they're going to beat Clemson this year. Um, 
but mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. okay we'll get well well i think we're gonna hear that later or maybe the opposite i don't know but like it's florida state and clemson and then a whole lot of not who's your third be- is Pitt the third best team here yeah, is third yeah, the best team hard. like you can't that's not how that's not a great conference and i'm sick Again, I'm gonna. The Big Ten is kind of starting to come out of me right now, but I'm starting to like people are like, oh, the the Big Ten has two good teams and everybody else. And yes, I do feel slighted because Penn State's usually that that third team everyone forgets about. But I, I think Penn State this year has just as good, if not better, chance to go to the playoffs over Michigan and Ohio this State. Is, this is a big. This is this a big is year. Penn State's. This is the best Penn State team I think I've ever seen. It's in my. It's life. the most complete team. Franklin's yes. ever had. Um, again, everyone's like, "Well, 2017, they 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 blew it." Yeah, but if you look at that team, that offensive line wasn't good. That yeah. offensive line, Saquon Barkley was getting hit in the backfield and had to make make things work. So this year, they finally have a good offensive line. But what what I was trying to say though is, and I know Iowa was bad last year, and again, that's another that's another name we're going to hear later on, but. I would take Iowa over Pitt. Iowa going in this. I would. I think Iowa is way better than Pitt. With those Wisconsin teams are better than you know the third ACC team. Again, I don't know about Wisconsin much this year. I know they got Mordecai coming back, but or coming in. Take, but I would take Maryland over majority of the rest of the ACC outside of. Florida I'd say State. what? Do you know who's kicking themselves? I think Maryland is really kicking themselves. Well, I shouldn't say that because they're getting lots of money and money is good. But Maryland could 100% be a dark horse in the ACC. Like they would be probably the third best, fourth best ACC team every year. They would they they would easily have the third best odds to win the ACC this year. And I'm going to talk about this later. Same thing with the Pac-12. I feel yeah. like Maryland would this year, if Maryland went in the Pac-12, and I know I feel like I feel like I'm sounding like an SEC fan talking about the conference, but like <laughs> I feel like if Maryland went to the the Pac-12 with the current lineup with the Pac-12 has, I mean, US USC's USC's better, Utah is better. Eh. Oh, you know what? I shouldn't say I, that because what? Hang I, I on, Washington Oregon. and Oregon. Okay, yeah. So they'll probably finish fifth. So it's kind of similar, but I think they would destroy that bottom half of that conference. I think so too. Like, and right now they're pre- they're pretty much guaranteed three losses a year. Yeah, and what I'm with the way that Maryland plays, those other games they might lose, but they're going to be in it to the end because they're going to be shootouts, you know. And mm-hmm. and you know, with the quarterback they have under center. This year, like he's gonna he's gonna put up some really good numbers this year. Oh yeah, Talia. Yeah, yeah. he's gonna look um, he's gonna look really really good this year. He lost some weapons, but you know what? I should retract that. I, I should retract Maryland in the Pac twelve probably doesn't work, but Maryland in the ACC I think definitely. hundred. I think works. I think one hundred percent they would be the third best team in the ACC. Um, Pac twelve think actually either. thinking about it, the Pac twelve actually should be decent this year. This they're going to be. I I said it in in the the preview that I wrote um, on my newsletter, which make sure to go get and follow. Yeah. Um, that's going to be the most fun conference this year. Yeah. From a quarterback standpoint alone, the talent at the top of that is 
is going to be so good, and they're going to put up so many points between those five teams. What with Caleb Williams at USC and Penix at Washington, Bo Nix is coming. He's coming back, baby. Bo Nix at Oregon. Um, Cam Rising. Cam Rising at Utah. DJU at Oregon State, which I think will really help that offense. Yes. Um, It's going to help. I think it's really going to help that offense. And the other thing is, and I don't know why, I'm a a little surprised DJU went there because he, that's a run first offense. So I don't know if he went there to say, hey, this is going to take the pressure off of me a little bit. You know, kind of like Will Levis at Kentucky, kind of like where he doesn't have to throw the ball 25 times a game. Um, but I do think it's going to be better for, for Oregon State. Um, and here's another sneaky – like, listen, I don't think Arizona is going to be great, but Jed, I like what Jed Fish is doing down there, and I think Arizona can be a, a, maybe a, a little frisky frisky team. Yeah. No, that, that listen, UCLA too is a, probably a seven, six or seven-win football team. Going to talk yeah. about them in a second. It's um, going to be so much fun. That that's going to be the conference that I, you're really going to enjoy watching. There's going to be a lot of games at twelve twelve thirty in the morning that are still going that are neck and neck until the very end. Like there's going to be some really good games out there. Oh yeah, wish I was a little bit younger when I was when I was a little bit younger. It used to be fun. You know, it'd be one thirty watching Pac twelve yep. after dark. You know, yep. at the bar or something like that. It was the and, best. Now that I'm old, I'm watching it. I'm watching it on my couch, fighting to stay awake. Yeah, watching the replays the next morning. Yeah, watching the replays the next morning. Um, all right, Joe. So our final, the final thing we're gonna do today, um, top five futures. Okay, so we're gonna go back and forth here. Our top five futures going into the year, and I'm gonna start us off. Uh, originally, I was gonna have, and this is, I guess, your my little honorable mention because I can't help myself. Uh, UCLA under eight and a half. I kind of like UCLA under eight and a half. They're losing a a bunch on offense. Uh, I just think the, they have a decent, they have a favorable schedule in the pac 12. So I'm a little reluctant to pull the trigger there, but I do like UCLA under eight and a half. So there's a little bonus. Do you have a bonus before I go over my five? Oh, I don't have. Oh, you know what? I'll have my one bonus because I'm I'm writing up my SEC this week. Mm-hmm. SEC review. I love Vandy over three and a half this year. I was love, thinking about it too. I was thinking about that. it too. As my yeah. bonus one, that's not part of the five I have today mm-hmm. to share, but okay. as one that I like so far as I'm doing some of like my my prelim like deep dive. I love Vandy over three and a half. Can I just take a look at their schedule really quick? Because I'm kind of intrigued. Because I did see, um, I did I did look at the Vandy over three and a half, and I was like, ooh, I don't know about that. Um, no, this is the year for them, Hawaii. They're gonna they're gonna be Hawaii again. They're gonna be like twenty point favorites against Hawaii. Okay, so right here, Vandy has Hawaii, Alabama, A and M. At home, uh, Wake Forest is. Eh. You should be you should be two and zero after two weeks, and then you gotta get you gotta get you gotta get UNLV combined between UNLV, Wake Forest. I think they can give Kentucky a run at home. A little transition year for Kentucky. It is. 
basically this comes down to can Vanderbilt pull off an upset? Can they can they win a conference? Because I think they're gonna beat UNLV. So There's can your- Vanderbilt win a conference game? I think I also think sneaky great game is gonna be Missouri at Vanderbilt. Because that team's a little bit better as well this year. Missouri, they're gonna be a decent team. They should be good they defense. Should be favorite. Good. Yeah. They should be slight favorites, but you know, you never know going on the road. I do like I do like oh I might I might take that. Vandy my- over over three and a half. Vandy over three and a half. I kinda like it. Um all right, here we go. So this is my number five. I like Duke over six and a half. Big fan of Mike Elko. This is a pro Mike Elko podcast. Um their again, their defense, their defense is gonna be pretty good. Um, you look at Duke's schedule here. Um, looking at Duke's schedule, okay, yeah, Clemson's bad, but Lafayette is a win, Northwestern's a win, Yukon is gonna be a win. Now, after that, you gotta win four more games. Okay, I like Duke over Louisville. I like Duke over North Carolina. I like him over Wake Forest, who's going over a transition. I love him over Virginia. I think Duke has enough 50-50 games that they can get those. They can get to um, seven wins. Um, The only loss I see for them is Clemson and Notre Dame. Other than that, other than that, they can win every other game on their schedule because Pitt has some turnover. Wake Forest has some turnover. Um, Louisville uh, has a little bit of turnover after losing uh, Scott Satterfield. You know, I know Jeff Brom's going to go in there. He's a good coach, but still. Um, oh, they'll lose to Florida State as well. But North Carolina, NC State has. So I think Duke is set up for a, a much better spot. I kind of I like Duke Blue Devils over six and a half. Yeah, so it, I actually had this was in not for today, but in my ACC preview. I also took Duke over mm-hmm. six and a half and get a pretty good odds. Last time I checked, it was plus one twenty nine. One of the things too is that I, I agree with you completely. When I look at their schedule, I think that they will they'll only need to go one and five on their last six games to hit that number because I think they're going to start off really really hot. And mm-hmm. I think I think uh, Pitt is a guaranteed win for this team. But oh, really? I I do. I the way that this team plays, they're, they're returning they're returning eighty two percent of their offensive production from last year. Mm-hmm. An offense that also ranked top ten in the country last year. So as long as now. the defense can just get a little bit better, it Duke's will. Offense is going to be good. Oh, and they're bringing in they got two uh, two offensive linemen transfers mm-hmm. as well. So the offensive line is going to be even better this year help protect Leonard. I, I I like this team a lot. Yeah, I, I do like Duke. I, I think that pick game is going to be a, uh, that's going to be one of those who wants the better bowl game. Yeah. Type thing. Like, like almost, uh, honestly, maybe who's going to get to eight wins, nine wins. Um, but no, I do like Duke. I, I think I would be really disappointed. And I think it would be the defense's fault if um, they don't hit that mark. But yeah, I do like Duke over six and a half. Yeah, I as, as do I. Um, let's see. I didn't order these. Let's start with one that we kind of tease a little bit. So I am taking Oregon State over eight and a half wins this season. 
Okay. I'm super high on this team. Like I said, I, I actually think they could be I think they could be a dark horse to win the conference. Now they would need a lot to break right for them, but their conference number, if you're looking for a long shot, plus eleven hundred for Oregon State to win the Pac twelve is not crazy. That's and good value. That, that much value, yeah. I mm-hmm. 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 Yes. Mm-hmm. I like it. Love it. I mean, I, I, I love the Beavers too. Um, but yeah, adding DJU is going to be huge. That's going to be a ground and pound team, but yeah, kind of a dark, kind of a little bit of a dark horse there. Kind of staying under the radar down in the Corvallis or up in Corvallis, I should say. Yeah. That's great value. Great value. Um, my next one, ugh, this pains me to say this. Purdue under five and a half. I, I think Purdue is, I think there, this turnover is going to be rough. Um, and uh, they play 11 power five teams this year. And their non-power five matchup is against Fresno state. The line, ooh, uh, oh, the over under total weights, uh, five and a half, five and a half. I don't, I don't see six wins on this schedule. Um, the their only chance, their only chance is they get out of non conference play three and oh. Yes, but uh, again, no Jake Hayner. Jake Hayner's moved on. That that offense is going to have to rebuild. So let's just say, I I know because they're going to be ticked off from last year because they got royally screwed. Yeah, mm-hmm. they and Purdue Purdue was the better team, and all the bad things happened for Purdue that game. Um, if they start three and zero, they have a shot. But they're not beating Wisconsin. They're not beating Illinois. They're not beating Iowa. They're not beating Ohio State. Nebraska, it's on the road. So I'm going to say no. They're not beating Michigan. They're not beating Minnesota. They're going to beat Northwestern and then Indiana. So if Indiana, Indiana, the thing with Indiana, the Indiana has a load of senior guys like they're not good but they have a bunch of senior leadership there yeah last game of the career uh so let's just say they beat northwestern and in indiana that's two Uh, you're still at five Mm. yeah and like here's the thing with virginia tech virginia tech is they're so bad and i feel so bad for brent pry because i feel like he's walked into a giant mess Defensively, Virginia Tech's going to be good. Their offense is going to be bad, which I think is okay for Purdue um, historically, just because historically their defense aren't defenses are great. But Purdue's offense, though, I just uh, Purdue's offense is going to be, I think, rough. I mean, did you watch the bowl game last year against LSU? They got uh, just dumb all. I mean, and again, all those Purdue guys that didn't play, like those are all the guys leaving to the end, like. That's the team they, they're going to have this year. And there was nothing productive there. Absolutely not. And, and I know they lost their coach. I know. They don't want to be there. But, 
you know, it, it's it's funny that you know, uh, Big Ten people can't say that Purdue didn't want to be in that game because of their coach, but they can say it for pretty much any game they lose. But anyway, um, so yeah, I like Purdue under five and a half. Oh. Mm-hmm. No damn. Oh. Okay. So <laughs> lost lost connection for a little bit, but we are back. Joe, finish up. Um you're saying Clemson over nine and a half. Clemson over nine and a half. Like I said, I, I think this is a Dabo kind of uh revenge year, even though like I said, he's gone eleven and three, ten and three to the last two years. Um national media tell you it was way worse. But with their schedule and their talent that they have, and and I'm really excited to see what Cade has this year under center for the full year. And their two hardest games, Florida State and Notre Dame, both being at home. I don't see three losses on the schedule. I know you know you had mentioned South Carolina maybe sneaky. I just think at the end of the year they're most likely going to be fighting for a playoff spot. I don't think South Carolina on the road is going to have enough to stop them. So. I don't. I don't see ten. Or I mean, I don't see three losses on Clemson's schedule this year. When I look at it, I think over nine and a half wins is 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 a pretty good lock. All right, do love it. So here comes the homer pick: Penn State over nine and a half. I. This is the most complete team James Franklin has had. Uh, last year they did not, or they escaped the lose the game they should have won. Um. Listen, Ohio State and Michigan are going to be tough. I think they do get one of those teams for the first time in three years. Um, but the tough games there at Illinois. Illinois has a great front seven, but I think almost that that game would be better off if Illinois – like there was no one there for Illinois. Like they are going to have the orange out. There's going to be, there's going to be a pulse. The stadium's going to have a pulse. And I think Penn state will be up for it. If everyone's talking and saying it's a trap game, is it a trap game? (laughs) Like if everyone's talking about it, that's a good point. I mean, realistically too, if you look the, the Ohio state, Michigan, I mean, I think they're going to split those. I don't know which one they get one. They don't, so realistically, after that, where do you see the other two losses coming from? They're not going to give them the 10 wins. It's really hard to find one. I'd love to say it's going to be Michigan State at the end of the year, but I, I just don't think so this year. Can, can I just mention that I think it's worse that for Michigan State that that game's at Ford Field? Yeah, it's so much worse. Because if, if there's always bad weather when Penn State goes to play at Michigan State, and I feel like without the bad weather – uh, in a nice indoor environment where Penn State people can, you know, still create noise because it's inside. I feel like the Ford Field thing is actually going to hurt Michigan State. It's it's going to hurt Penn, Michigan State more than Penn State. Um, so uh, again, Illinois, I think is a is a sneaky game right there. The other sneaky game is maybe Maryland. But I think Maryland towards the end of the year, Maryland just doesn't have the depth. They have good skill guys. They're losing some. Um, it's going to be uh, Talia Tugavaloa, and that's about it. Um, 
Although I think their defense is going to be a little bit better. Um, a lot of people are high on Maryland. I think Maryland's going to still be that eight win football team. Um, but uh, unless Penn state gets upset, I do like Penn state. And I do think they're going to split Ohio state and Michigan. I think they're going to get Michigan this year. I think they're going to um, get Michigan as well. I hope so. So, um, so yeah, I like Penn state over nine and a half. Uh, next up I got, I'm taking Cincinnati under five and a half. It's another pretty juicy line minus 140. Um, but this, this Bears cat team's in trouble. So first, you know, obviously debut into the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Um, new head coach. They're only returning seven starters this year. I think defensively, they're still going to be pretty strong, but it looks like they're going to have um, uh, Emory Jones. Yeah. Quarterback. Yeah. Former yeah. ASU quarterback who last year in the Pac-12 threw seven inter- or seven touchdowns and four interceptions in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. This is not the Pac-12. This is the Big 12 where they're they're going to play a little bit tougher defense. If you look at their schedule, I can't see six wins on here. They're, they should, in the beginning of the year, go 3-0, and 2-1 and at worst. But then, you know, they're going to travel to Texas. They're going to lose that UCF game. I just don't know what this Cincinnati team is going to look like. They, they should be right in that. But does that mean it's a guaranteed win? No. And then it's just going to get harder and harder with, yeah, um, do they play West Virginia? They play West Virginia at the end of the year on the road. And that's where they might have four wins going into that and you're good. They might have five wins and you might be sweating this out. But either West way. Bad. West Virginia's yeah. not going to be good. But Cincinnati's in a completely new rebuild mode, entering a new conference. That's a tough, tough two things to pair together. So I love them to go under five and a half wins this year. I'm not big on Satterfield. Um, I will say this about uh, West Virginia. Neil Brown will probably be fired by then. Um, but again, when you fire the coach, the players either pack it in or they're going to yeah. fight like hell. And if you can say one thing about this West Virginia team under Neil Brown, um, is they fight like hell. And those players are proud. Like there, there is a pride to wear that Jersey. Um, to be the pride, literally the pride of West Virginia, Cincinnati, I think West Virginia is going to go and bring it. So I think that's a toss up. That game's going to be a toss up for Cincy. Yeah. Um, but especially I, I, West Virginia is going to be able to run the football too. Yeah. The rest of their, their big 12 schedule is just going to be tough for them. Mm-hmm. New year, new team, not much returning production. Looks like the party's over in Cincy. Recipes for disaster. Yeah. Um, all right, my number two, Iowa over eight and a half. I love Iowa. I love Iowa. I think having Cade McNamara is going to be huge for the Hawkeyes. I know everyone's talking about Brian Ferentz. I'm telling you, Cade McNamara is going to be huge for them. They also have Eric All coming in um, at tight end, that old uh, Wolverines duo. Um but if you take a look, I'm telling you, Iowa's – let's take a look here. Iowa, they're going to beat Utah State win. Iowa State win. They ain't going to lose to them two times in a year or two two years in a row. Western Michigan win. They're going to lose to Penn State. Sorry. The Michigan State game is, is where we're going to see if Iowa is good because I think Iowa gets a win against Michigan State. It is at home at Kinnick. 
They're going to beat Purdue. Wisconsin's going to be tough, but I think they got them. I think they're better than Minnesota. They're going to beat Northwestern, Rutgers, Illinois. The only three losses, if we're going to put three losses on it, Penn State, Wisconsin. And Nebraska? I think they. Uh, it's in Nebraska, which is tough, but I think they're better. But that's but that goes to your point, and and I'll give you, I'll just tag mine on my my other one is I have Iowa over eight and a half as well. For everything you're saying, I think the defense, which allowed I think seventeen point seven points a game last season, yeah, they're going to be really really good. Yes, they're going to miss a couple pieces that went to the draft, but they defensive back uh, Cooper DeJean is already like a I think a preseason All American. Yep. So that defense is still going to be really good. The The problem was they just couldn't score enough. And I mm. think Cade McInera, I think he does enough to get them from like a 17 points a game to like a 24, 23, which I think is the difference between, you know, you win five games or you win nine. Yeah. And like the Illinois and the Minnesota games are going to be tough for them. But I, I just see, I think offensively, <laughs> This is going to sound crazy. Iowa has a better offense than Illinois and Minnesota. Yeah. I firmly believe that going into this year, that was their Achilles heel. I love Iowa eight and a half. Everyone's talking about Brian France. Everyone's talking about how bad the offense is. Iowa, I'm telling you, Iowa's good. And, and I was going to, I was going to be back to be in Iowa. They're going to get nine wins this year. Yeah. And this schedule really breaks for them. Like this is a good schedule. Not having to see Michigan, not having to see Ohio state. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really good break for them. They're, like their hardest game is at Penn State, which I think they're going to lose. But I think we'll know before that Michigan State game if they play Penn State tough. I think that's going to tell you everything you need to know. No, yeah, and I think they will for a little bit. I think they will. I think towards the end, I think they'll gear them down though. Um, so my am I number one already? I yeah, am it's number one. Ohio plus seven and a half. I. Love the Ohio Bobcats. Love them. Love them. Love them. I they're gonna win the Mac. They would have won the Mac last year if Curtis Rourke didn't get hurt. He's coming back. They have a great um wide receiver duo. They have a good running back. Uh, uh defense, eh, might be a little shaky, but they have a really good linebacker tandem with Thompson's and Thompson and Houston. I love Ohio over seven and a half. Love, 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 love it. Yeah, their their schedule is not that tough either. They'll get Iowa State at home. Bowling Green on the road for them might be tough. Buffalo on the road is going to be a tough one as well. But you're going to get Central Michigan at home. Akron on the road should beat the brakes off of them. Yeah, this is I, I like this. I might have to add this to my uh, add it, Joe. My group add five. It. Um, I like it. All right, my my last one. Mm-hmm. Oh, and this pains me to do it because oh, it's no. just feeding the mob. But if Texas can't win oh, no. 10 games and the Big 12 this year, it's never going to happen. They're never well, First off, they're never going to win another Big 12 again after this, obviously. But this is the year that if they can't do it, they're in for a world of hurt next year when they move to the SEC. So they're, they're going to have, as long as Quinn Ewers can stay healthy, you know, what the highest rated prospect of all time. Uh, he's got a ton of talent around him. They're returning all five of their starting offensive linemen. 
which should give him all the protection he needs. Um, All-American wideout, Xavier Worthy. They're going to have soon-to-be All-American uh, tight end and Sanders there as well. This team should put up a ton of points, uh, and they're returning six starters on the defense as well. So I'm hoping that that's enough on the defense to hold teams down. I like the Longhorns to go over nine and a half wins, minus 130. If you're looking at their schedule as well, their toughest game is going to be Bama on the road, which is going to be a really tough one. Their other road games, I mean, listen, the Red River shootout is always going to be tough, mm-hmm. but I, I still think that they're better than Oklahoma this year. TCU, I think, is a fraud. I think they're going to come back down to earth pretty fast yeah. yep. this year. Um, so I like the way that the rest of their schedule breaks out. So I, I like Texas to get to 10 wins. I like Texas to win the conference as well. Over, so it's over nine and a half? Over nine and a half, yep. God, Jay's going to flip when he hears that. Um, <laughs> all their, retur- their offense is going to be too good. Yeah. Too yeah, good at returning all their starters on, on the O-line. They're going to be too good. I'm curious. What's TCU's over-under? Do you know? TC, oh, I do have that. Um, TCU, I believe, is seven and a half. Oh, man. I'm, I'm going under on, on TCU. I, I think I'd want to take that under, too. I think, I think a lot of people are going to see that and be like, oh, they were in the national title last year. They'll have enough coming back. Nah, not always the case. No, I, oh, no, no, no. It, I'm sorry. It, it, it's seven and a half. I think that they're going to be frauds. And I wrote this in my prediction. Make sure you go get them. Joey props. Uh, check out my Twitter. I give, I do uh conference breakdowns as well, but in my big 12 breakdown, I, I have them actually covering the seven and a half mm-hmm. and not because I think they're good. Their schedule is a joke An really absolute joke. They open up their schedule, home against Colorado, home against Nichols, at Houston, home against SMU, home against West Virginia. Oh. So they should be, at the very worst, 4-1. But most likely, they're going to get through that 5-0. So then you just got to get through, and I think they need to win. They got to win three more games after that. Iowa State, they potentially could win. Home against BYU, they'll have a chance. And then they got to come up with another win. Texas Tech, they're not going to beat, but maybe at Kansas State, maybe home against Baylor. But I think that they can edge that out just for how easy the front end of their schedule is. They're going to start the season 6-0. and Yeah. They're going to start at 6-0 because they're going to beat Colorado. They'll beat, yeah, like you said, Nichols, Houston, SMU, West Virginia, which is at home. Um, Iowa, I State, would- I, Iowa State, I think, is going to be bad again. I think Matt Campbell is yeah. in trouble. But and that then, would be a measuring stick game for them. But if they get through that, then they're going to beat BYU at home. Oh, you they, think so? I think so. See, I think that's a toss-up. They're not beating Kansas State. No. They're, I, they're I, not I, beating I, Kansas State. They will, they're not beating Texas Tech. They're not beating Texas. But it's like, okay, they have to get a win. Something. Yeah, they're Man, Vegas. Vegas. That's why, that's why it's tough. Seven and a half. That's, that's the perfect one right there. Yeah, that's that's tough. That's tough. Um, Joe, thank you for coming on, man. At any time, always a pleasure. Joe, plug all your stuff, uh, guys. Before before Joe plugs his stuff, his his um sub sub. You're still on Substack, correct? Yep, Substack. Okay, his Substack x excellent stuff. Um, list I I use it. 
Um, it's really good. Listen, if I used it more, I'd make even more money. And I'm telling you, it's it's really good stuff, really good breakdowns. Um, at least, how many times do you send one off? At least three times oh, a week, right? Yeah, three times a week, especially when we get in the football season. Right now, each week I'm doing a conference preview. So this week will be SEC – or no, this week will be Big Ten because I wanted to partner it with with this because I knew mm-hmm. we would uh, we'd definitely get into the Big Ten. Next week, SEC, week after that, will be the final group five plays and also independent plays as well. And then we'll have some week zero plays going out there. But once we get into football season, three a week at minimum, because we're talking NFL, we're talking college football. Last year in the um, in bowl season, I think I went just under 70%. You had a great bowl season as well, if I remember correctly. Dude, I three years running, man. I'm, like, I'm running at like 68 69% in bowl. Yeah. So I gave out a play for every single bowl game last year. We'll be doing that again this year. So oh, absolutely. please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We ride, we ride, we ride. Um, follow me on Twitter at Joe, uh, Joe Pops underscore or Joey underscore props. Uh, both of them have the link in the bio to join. Subscribe. Let's have ourselves a very green and profitable season. I don't think, and I hope not, that this isn't the last time I'm on this show this year as well. Oh no, you'll be, well, I mean, you're, you're going to be on the bowl game show. You've, yes. you're always on the, the bowl game extravaganza. That's a given. Um, and then who knows, maybe, maybe if Sparty, maybe if Sparty picks it up, maybe I'll see you during the year. Yeah. It'd be nice. If we they can get, pick it up as, as six wins. We, we got to get you on. You know what? We might, get, we might have to get you on after the whiteout. Oh, that's, yeah. that's like five games in. We'll have Jay here too. We should just Maybe. record at the tailgate. Well, thirty minute <laughs> if, episode, like a like a forty minute episode right at the yeah. tailgate. That would be honestly, that would probably be that would be a lot of fun. if we could do it. I don't know. L- listen, we. I have the equipment. I can make you it have fun. the equipment. Oh, I have the that, mics. You do? I have three mics. Yeah, plug right that in. Might, these bad dude, boys. Could you? Could you imagine? I have to. That that might be a thing. Well, weekend winners is coming back. So is it coming back? We're going to have weekend winners is going to return. I'm already planning on who I'm going to have week in week out. Um, I want obviously you, uh, Jay, I want, um, I want Kevin on as much as possible, but I know there's going to be a little bit of flux there as well. So hopefully going to grab guys like Nadu to pop on a couple of different people, uh, who are a bit big in the gambling space as well to pop on, but weekend winners is coming back. It's too much fun not to, we had too much awesome. success doing it. Yeah. So, Weekend winners will be making its return here in like four short weeks. Oh my god, we're almost there. We're so close. We're, we're so almost close. there. We are so close. Uh, everyone, make sure you follow Joe uh, again. Really great, uh, Joe. Thank you for having. Thank you for coming on again. We'll be. I'll be seeing you shortly. You'll be on again. For everybody else, have a great week.